my friends, I am so happy to have you with me this week as I have a really important conversation with my guest, Jesse Cody, who came to terms with his suicidal thoughts on his 40th birthday, surrounded by family and friends when he should have been celebrating. And this was only the first step in what became his own monumental journey. He has come to terms with his depression, even taking steps to resolve his narcissistic tendencies. I think you're going to find a lot of inspiration in the way that he took his life and decided how to turn it around and now is spreading the word through the work and awareness through his brand, Hike the Good Hike. Sit back and enjoy this conversation. If someone that you know or love is struggling with mental health, I hope you'll pass this along to them as well. Thanks for joining us. Hey there, friends. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress, reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes where you could find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on, where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month. Whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you all back with me this week to meet my new friend, Jesse Cody, friend of friend brought together. And obviously we're already laughing and ready to roll out a great conversation. So happy to be joined today. Thanks for hopping in, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So let me tell you a little bit about Jesse and his work. We're making work out of his passion. Jesse Cody is the founder and director of Hike the Good Hike. For the past year, he's been building HTGH into a brand that emphasizes how hiking and wilderness exploration can benefit mental health. Late in 2014, after years of struggling with his own mental health issues, he was seriously contemplating suicide through a series of serendipitous occurrences involving Bill Bryson's book, A Walk in the Woods, and a cameo by Robert Redford, which is a long story. We'll see if we have time to get into that. He found himself on the Appalachian Trail, despite the fact that he'd never pitched a tent before. That sounds like a movie I saw once. It was a walk that saved his life, a 2,200-mile walk. 
my hat is off to you because I've always been held to this commitment. I've got to work. I've got to pay bills. I can't take some months off to go for a hike. So tell me how you were able to make this choice and just step out into this adventure. Sure. I mean, you just say that about commitment. Unfortunately for me, I was more committed to you know, poor mental health, my mind just being in a really dark place for a long time. I also had a commitment to um, some deep narcissism, which, you know, led to some poor behavior and poor treatment of women that I dated throughout my life. A lot of those things combined, man, just seemed to overpower things that I should have been doing with my life or that I wanted to do with my life. And even when I was trying to take steps to do more positive things and to grow into myself or grow into my career, the voices, the darkness, the behavior always seem to kind of be one step ahead of me. So when you talk about commitment and me truly understanding at a point right around 40 years old that there was a lot going on with me and that it was specifically my 40th birthday party where I had this kind of thought around a lot of people that with me celebrating that was this my last birthday that I'd be celebrating. And I will say this to the day that I do die, hopefully long from now, that I was super fortunate to have all those people around me at my birthday, a lot of friends, certainly my family, and a ton of love. And because of that, there was some kind of switch in me that said, I'm not ready to take my life. I'm not ready to be done with my life. I'm ready to find a way to live my life. And not only that, but live it with purpose. And from there, man, I'm a, I'm a very strong believer that the universe finally said, there it is. We've been waiting for you to kind of come to your senses. Now it's time for us to kind of take your hand and lead the way. <laughs> now that your eyes are open and maybe willing to listen, we can drop some insights on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And thank goodness that you had that presence or awareness. I think some people get so in the trenches, they can't even ask themselves those hard questions. Like, is this really the life you want to be living? Is this the friend circle that you want to be with? Or is this the string of broken relationships that you want to define your history? It's hard to take that personal look. And a lot of people are willing to just put the blame everywhere else and say, well, the job is and the family history, you know, was heavy, man. And, you know, how do I move through all of this? I've got a hard, hard lot. So to have that recognition and, and those round number birthdays are a real awakening for sure. It was not long after my 30th birthday, I dropped out of the work I was doing, the relationship, the city. I left Seattle and moved down here to Southern California. And my friends were like, oh, you're finally getting down there. We thought that was going to happen a long time ago, but I had fought it. And you know, all of this, like I was saying, obligation or commitment or path that we think is right. Lots of air quotes in that statement. So yeah, thank goodness you did still have that amazing circle of friends and the family around that was like, well, yeah, you've been maybe a little bit of a mess, but let's see where we can go from here. And thanks for proving that idea wrong. I hear people say things like narcissists can't be healed or recovered. So thank you for opening up the conversation too, that that awareness can be had and change can happen. That's absolutely a heavy narrative when it comes to narcissism. I noticed that just like you a lot, especially when you see people talking about it on social media and beyond is that once a narcissist, always a narcissist. And I'm a firm believer that that's not true. You know, (laughs) that's not true. Certainly you have to take some big steps to start in the direction of working on that. Right. The biggest one being one, you have to admit that you're a narcissist. (laughs) Like you can't say not me when you know you are. And from there, you have to kind of open up the doors to 
not only admitting it, but sometimes finding the reasons why you are the way you are and then asking for help, which is the hardest part. You know, I speak specifically as a man, obviously, but we're brought up in a way that we're not supposed to be very empathetic and that we're not supposed to admit that something's wrong with us, that we have to toughen up. We have to stay the course. We have to, you know, be the man of the house, so to speak. So to come out and actually say, you know, I have problems and I'm scared and I'm scared of where this is taking me. There's a lot of fear behind that. You know, there's embarrassment, there's shame. So that first step of being able to say I need help and actually asking for it is huge. I think actually it's the most difficult part of this path. So yeah, I'm with you. You know, you, you can, you can definitely work on it. I mean, narcissism is something you'll always recognize if it was part of you, but you can certainly figure out how to tame it and kick it to the side when it starts showing itself. And so what kind of timeline did this look like between this kind of epiphany and then deciding I'm going to take a little time out and go for a nice long walk? Yeah. Well, so then again, it was the birthday was the real first. I need to figure this out. And then from there, one of the things that you know, wasn't great for me was the career that I was in. I was restaurant management for 20 years between New York City and Boston. So not only was I in the restaurant business, but I was in a couple of big beasts in the industry. <laughs> um, and that gave me the ability to do a lot of the things that I was doing wrong and do it easily. I, had, I could drink a lot. I could hang out with young women. I could do things that certainly fed into the poor decisions that I was making in my behavior. So I knew making this decision that I, that I wanted to move forward and figure out how to live life, I needed to get out of restaurant management or at least take a break, but certainly not make this a priority in life. You know, So that was the biggest decision for me right there was like, okay, we're going to do this. Now you have to figure out how you can get out of this career and then what you're going to do with that. Because here I am 40, <laughs> this is all I've ever really done. And I'm like, what do I do? I have no clue where I'm going to go from here, you know? which is also terrifying, you know, like you're making this decision, but you really like beforehand, I'd made a lot of decisions about things I wanted to do in life and I never followed through. But I, this one, I was like, you have to follow through or you're just going to be in the same boat and you're going to have these thoughts and we don't want to follow through. So as I was trying to think this through and I was researching different things I could do, could I go back to school? Are there other options? Could I go into some coaching? I used to be a cross-country track coach in my early 20s. I'm just trying to like dive back into things that possibly might be there for me to at least take a step out of one career and lead to something else. And that's when Robert Redford makes his appearance in my life. <laughs> and it's connected to the book, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson. Robert Redford decided to make that book into a movie. And as I was researching, that popped up, you know, Robert Redford making A Walk in the Woods into a motion picture. A good friend of mine in my early 20s had given me that book, which I read. And it stuck with me. It was a great story. It's about hiking the Appalachian Trail. It's specifically about someone who, even though a lot of good things were going on in life for him, he still felt something was missing. And he decided to try to hike this trail and see if he could find what was missing in life. So when I saw that Mr. Redford was doing that, I went back out and picked that book up. Still no concept or idea of trying to hike the Appalachian Trail. But as soon as I started reading it, bells and whistles started going off in my head. And here I was with this total zap from the universe saying, you need a nice long walk. You need to kind of think about life and where this path is now going to take you. So I said to myself, I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the cue, Mr. Redford. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. It's a, a great lot, story. 
beautiful blonde man with blue eyes. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. And then that triggered it off, man. I did, I did research. Uh, you know, I read a lot more on the AT. I started watching YouTube videos, reading blogs. Um, even that effort to try to get to know something was more than what I was truly putting into life beforehand. So something was telling me there, it's like, you know, this seems legit. This seems real. You seem like excited about something. You seem happy about something, you know? And I knew that for obvious reasons, everybody in my life, once I started telling people that I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail would think I was out of my mind, <laughs> which in a sense, I was <laughs> more than they all knew. <laughs> um, so to me, it was a no brainer, almost crazy enough to think that. Right. But what was the alternative? I can go try and hike 2,200 miles and see if this changes my life or I can take my life. It seemed pretty easy to me. It seemed like an easy decision. <laughs> and so I prepared myself and I told people in my life and yes, I got those reactions, but you know, the more people thought about it, the more people understood, you know, like I didn't tell everybody really where I was as far as suicidal thoughts, but the people in my life who knew me knew that I was struggling. They could see struggle in me. They could see depression. They could see hard days. And they were all super supportive. You know, they were very supportive of me making this decision. And that's important because you need support when you, you decide you want to go hike from Georgia to Maine over 14 states. You need people to have your back and be ready to support you because I knew it wasn't going to be all rainbows and unicorns. I knew it was going to be the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life. And there were going to be days that I needed to make phone calls and vent and cry and be picked up. And uh, man, I'm so lucky because all that love, all that friendship, that beautiful family of mine were all there still. The ones that were at my birthday party, they were there for me every day of that six month hike, which by telling you six months, I'm telling you that I completed it. <laughs> six months. Six months. And I haven't done any through hikes, but I have some friends who have, I have some friends who actually met on the Continental Divide Trail and got married. And so in a bit, I'm going to ask you what your trail name is, but did you have people shipping you packages along the way to different designated pickup points and the whole orchestration? There's a ton of work that goes in, in the front end of that. I mean, this is not a pack a backpack and hop a bus to Georgia. No, no, it's not. You, you better, you better have an understanding of your gear. One of the cool things is you know, I made a decision to blog on a hiker website in a way that was kind of to hold myself accountable. Like I'm putting it out there to the world. This is what I'm doing. So if I ever thought about quitting, it would make it a little bit harder because I don't want the world to know that I'm going to quit. <laughs> um, but I had met with one of the two people that ran that website who fortunately enough, I didn't even know it, but when I contacted him, he lived in Boston. So I was like, oh, fantastic. And we had lunch and I like showed up with the book with uh, 30, 40 questions. And I started reading questions. He's like, Hey man, let me stop you real quick. And he goes, uh, you know, if you want to talk about gear and stuff like that, I can absolutely help you with gear. Like give you a good understanding of what you should be using, what you shouldn't, what you should bring, what you shouldn't He goes, But if you have questions about like the hiking part of it, he goes, I just have one question for you. Do you think you can do this? Or do you know you can do this? And I said, I know I can do this. He goes, then just get out there and do it. He goes, everything else will take care of itself. It'll define itself as you go. And that was the best advice I could get, right? It was just like, that's right, man. Why try to think about day one, day 10, day 100, like just get out there and start walking, you know? And one of the things I'm so grateful to say and so proud to say is I never wanted to quit. Not one day when I hiked on the Appalachian Trail. I had days that were hard. I struggled. I had injuries. 
you know, where I had to get off trail for a couple of days and just rest, but nothing was taking me off that trail until I got to Maine. And I'm so proud of that. <laughs> so proud of that. Because again, as you know, everything I've mentioned before, this was just such an accomplishment from where I was less than a year earlier to now this trek and taking it on and doing it with such inspiration and just being so driven. I was like, yeah, you know what, man, you are meant to be alive. You are. And just keep walking and it'll keep showing you. So <laughs> beautiful. And I think we need those moments or those missions to pull us out of the space in my life. I can say I coasted a lot. I'd follow jobs and, oh, sure, that city sounds great. Maybe I'll go work for that theater. You know, I just worked backstage. So they were always looking for things. It wasn't like I was acting and, you know, bracing myself against rejection. It was easy to do that for as long as I wanted to. And then when you decide to take more action, to be an active participant rather than the coasting, right? You know, you get your first restaurant job. And of course, I worked in food service because I worked in theater. You know, you know people, you get your next gig, you work with them long enough. I'm guessing you end up in the management positions. You know, it's kind of, a, you know, people, you can find places to be. And so the to then make that shift and take control of things, I mean, that's the big step in a new direction. And I'm sure much more fulfilling than the satisfaction of, oh, hey, I got a promotion. Now I'm managing this great restaurant. Right. You know, after finishing this hike, I knew it didn't matter what I chose to do moving forward. I had more control of myself in the way that I looked at life. So I actually went back into the restaurant business and got a bartending job, but I was real selective of where I was like, I'm going to pick a place that's kind of like fine dining, you know, that's not open late. You know what I mean? Like closes at 11 <laughs> and I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to manage. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to make drinks. I'm going to have great conversations with the people that come in and eat and drink. And I'm going to be on my way. And this is how I'm going to make money to support what I want to do with hiking. And, you know, after the Appalachian Trail, I, you know, I hadn't really developed anything as far as like hike is a good hike. I knew I wanted to do something and I knew like the rest of my life, I wanted it to be around hiking, but I had to work, right? <laughs> like I had to make money to support whatever, wherever I was going to take hike the good hike and to continue to hike, which, you know, is an important part of what I do. I'm a firm believer that I better practice what I preach at all times. And when you create a mantra saying, hike the good hike, you better keep walking. <laughs> so <laughs> even though I was like, you can never be in the restaurant industry again, I had more control and understanding of who I was and certainly had this, like now this way of me where I was so embracing life and embracing love. I still had a lot of learning to do, which was great to recognize that just because I had walked those 2,200 miles, the lessons weren't done. If anything, they were just getting started, but now I had building blocks you know, I had this ability to learn more and more and more and understand that as hard as it gets, you can get through it. You hike the Appalachian Trail, damn it. <laughs> you can get through it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then to just like you're saying, take those lessons, those epiphanies that when all you're doing is it's you and nature, the weather, the trail, you know, you navigate that the end of the day, you've got your victories. It's a good day, but then take that back into the real world <laughs> the real <laughs> where world. you're showing up yeah. to work, right? Those lessons are harder to maintain, to hold on to. It's a lot easier to get distracted and let day-to-day -day life creep back in. And I feel like a lot of people 
these days it's all about what's your mission? What's your passion? What's your why? And that's got to be what you do. And so I really appreciate that you went back to work. You held on to your new vision, but you recognize that work is an aspect and they don't have to be the same thing. So do you have anything to offer to people who feel really conflicted? Like my work is not my why, but I got to work. So right. in terms of finding balance or following through. That's the first thing you got to do is find balance, right? When I speak of what I've done and continue to do, my situation, I have special circumstances to that, right? I've made a choice to live my life a very different way that most people don't have the access to doing. You know, I'm a single man, you know, I've never been married, I don't have kids. So it's easy for me to pick up and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take off and heading out to New Mexico for a while or head out to Big Ben for a while because. I've worked so hard to simplify my life (laughs) that it makes it easy. So when I have these conversations, which seem to be happening more and more people that reach out to me, I'm not telling people that they have to quit their job or the life that they're used to and get out and hike 2,200 miles and beyond. You know, I was just home recently in Boston for a few months for some family matters. And I had to figure out while I was there and dealing with some things that were difficult to deal with. How can I find my balance? And living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, I have a 15, 20 minute drive to Walden Pond, Lincoln Woods, where Thoreau lived. And every day I would go out there and I would take an hour and a half and I would go for a run or I'd go for a walk or just sometimes I would just sit. The sun was beautiful. I would just lie down on the grass, think some things through and then head back into Cambridge and be there for the people that I had to be there for. And certainly enjoy being able to spend some time with my family and friends when I could see them. So there's balance, right? Not like my life since I started hiking has not been hiking every day. Like you said, I have to take time away. 2000, this last year, you know, changed a lot of things that I had planned. I had to make adjustments. I had to find balance. You can find a lot. I mean, I always challenge people and say, if you go out like an hour a day and just do anything, like you don't have to go for a hike, go for a run, a hike, paddleboard, like you could go take photographs. You could take binoculars out and go bird watching. And I challenge you to tell me that if you did that for a week and then did a week where you did nothing, that you felt better. Tell me that you felt better the week you did nothing compared to the week that you did what I told you to do. And there's no one that's going to prove me wrong, that you're going to feel better when you get out and you take in a bit of nature, you take in a bit of fresh air, you take in your surroundings, have conversations with yourself that you need to have. Those are the best places to do it. Mother nature is always listening. So the challenge is to everybody is just to make a little time for themselves. That's really what it is. And my suggestion is get out into nature. It's not that bad. Whether you think you like it or not, you will. (laughs) You (laughs) You might just not be looking at the right nature yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one one of those days that I was at Walden Pond, it was really cool. I was out for a run. I saw someone else hiking. I saw someone on their horseback on the trail, just out for a horse ride. Then I saw like a couple, probably in their 80s, they had beach chairs out on Walden Pond, just sitting there, taking it in. I saw a bird watcher, and then I saw a guy with the small canvas painting, and I was like, everybody's hiking their good hike. <laughs> I was like, this is beautiful. They get it. We need more people like that. We need more people to understand that there's something a little bit different than Tylenol if you have a headache. Get outside. Get outside. <laughs> yes. Yes. Indoor air is polluted. Don't get me started on environmental toxins. 
And nature is phenomenal for giving us context, right? I mean, we're in our house, we're at work, we're on the freaking computer all day long. It's really easy for our priorities to get flipped. And when we get outside and just recognize the scale, this is us and this is nature, and it's had it all solved for so long, it's really, really phenomenal for gaining perspective when life is getting heavy. And and you're right, in this last year, we've all had to make changes and reckon with things that we didn't want to or didn't expect to. So, Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. You're my third Zoom today. I had two earlier and then I made sure. I was like, all right, don't offer these times because you need to get out. And I went out for a three and a half mile run and that's fine. That's great. I felt good. I was like refreshed, came in ready for this. You know, it's like balance. It's balance. Everybody can find it. My brother, who I'd mentioned before we got on, you know, who just went through cancer treatment. He's a father of two, married. He's a school teacher. He's a coach. He's been feeling better and better after beating cancer and, you know, being declared that he's cancer free. He's been going out and walking five to six miles a day. And he's been texting me with excitement. He's like, dude, got out another sex, feeling really good, you know, just feeling great. And then when he calls me, like, there's this, like, this sound to him, you know, that I haven't heard in a while. And I'm like, here's my brother. And all he's doing is finding balance. He's getting out and doing something that he needs for himself. We all need something for ourselves. Yes. And it's so easy for us to take our priority and let it slide the work demands, the family demands, the people that we love, there's always going to be people who are asking for our attention. And it's up to us if we put ourselves at the bottom of the list, or if we hold that space, like you're saying, and say, nope, that's my quota for today. Like my self-care, my sanity, self-care isn't all like massages and salt baths, right? Self-care is whatever restores and nourishes you. Nature's definitely should be at the top of everybody's list, in my own opinion, too. So we're on the same brainwave there. Figuring out what your priority is, making yourself a priority and not letting other people crowd that out. That's and figuring out exactly what that priority is with yourself. Like I am obviously an advocate for fitness, right? But I often see people who are out exercising, running, or whatever the case may be. And I wear an Apple Watch. But I'm not staring at it to see how many calories I burned or what my distance or pace is. You know, like I actually got into a lab a little bit at home and then I realized, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is actually not what's important to you. You just like to get out and, you know, the fitness is going to come with it regardless if you're going out, you know, like stop. Like almost like we're talking about putting your phones down and shutting your computer. Stop looking at your watch. You're missing out. You're missing out, man. (laughs) Look up, check it out. If the sun's out, come on, man. (laughs) You don't need to know how many calories you burnt. You're outside, you know, make the best of it. Enjoy it. Again, have a conversation with yourself, not your watch. (laughs) Exactly. So how did you then find this balance or start moving forward your mission with Hike the Good Hike? Yeah, well, I knew I wanted to keep hiking, right? Which I've done a lot of since. I'm getting up to almost 8,000 miles since 2015, which is a lot of walking. (laughs) And, you know, with that, when I came off of the AT, I understood the reasons why I took on such a challenge. And then I made this decision it's time for you to kind of start talking about why you took on this challenge, you know? And again, I like we talked about earlier, like I was scared to start opening up. I was scared to say the words I was suicidal. That's not easy to say. And specifically when you know people that care and love you are going to hear that for the first time, you know, my mom still 
like if I write a piece and it's published, she'll literally ask me, do you talk about suicide in it? And she's like, I'm just going to have to figure out on my own terms when I'm going to be able to read that, you know? And I understand that. Like I will tell it, look, I'm still here, but she will actually have sometimes she'll ask me, do you have those thoughts sometimes, you know, and I have to reassure her. I don't, as a matter of fact, it's like quite the opposite. Like now it's about having this conversation and putting it out to the world to see if I can help people who are in the same shoes that I was standing. And that's my purpose in life. So not only do I not have it, but I'm ready to be here to help people who do. And, you know, always willing to sit and listen and lend support, lend some advice. I'm actually just starting a life coaching program because I just think it'd be great to go with Hike the Good Hike and be able to just be there for people that need some assistance, need some guidance. So with Hike the Good Hike, it was that step to really start opening up about who I was, you know, what I was going through to talk about suicide, but then to take the next step and talk about being a narcissist, certainly something else that was hard to admit. I'm sure I still have some ex-girlfriends that follow along in my life. And I'm, I hope they, you know, proud of me for that, <laughs> you know, because in a sense, it's almost a, a way of me starting this process of apologizing for the behavior that I uh, was involved in for so long. So it's part of me. And this is where I'm at now with Hike the Good Hike. Hike the Good Hike is my way of peeling back layers and exposing them and showing my true self. Because I think that's just going to do a lot better for not only myself, obviously, but for the world and people that need to see someone doing something that they're trying to figure out how to do for themselves. Also simplifying my life. You know, we talked like I have an old 93 Chevy van that's built out that I have a bed, a sink and stuff. in. so I'm at a point now where I'm spending months at a time in my van traveling to places that I want to hike and that inspire me to write. As we speak right now, I'm back for the second time at Santa Fe International Hostel doing work for stay. I'm doing things that not only do I love, that's part of great community, whether it's van life or hostel life or hiker life. I get to meet incredible people that are sharing similar experiences to me that are doing things to try to find their path and their reason for life. And my family's only grown. And because I get to meet these people and have these conversations, that support for Hike the Good Hike continues to grow. And it's doing a lot of great things for me. I can, you know, proudly say that moving forward now, all my hiking gear and everything like that is I'm fully sponsored. I have some great companies that are behind me. And as we discussed earlier, I'm preparing myself for a big hike starting in July, which I'll be doing the last 1300 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail. And for the first time, I'll be using that to raise some money for a mental health organization outside of Boston. So hike the good hike. <laughs> Bring in the message together. And I love that it's opening the conversation, it's lowering the stigma, right? Because I mean, that's really what it takes as people who are willing to stand and step forward and say, I walked through all of this and I decided I could make a change. And then I put in the work and I made the change. It's not easy. Like you said, you know, seeing it or recognizing it or asking for help somewhere in there is maybe the hardest part, but that commitment to keep showing up, that's not always easy either. You know, especially when that inner circle might be inclined to kind of bring you back to those patterns because they're more comfortable with the person you were than the person that you're growing into being. Mm -hmm. You know, mental health, we'd be here, we would do an eight and a half hour podcast episode if we talked about 
the immense amount of layers of mental health illness, right? And the reasons behind it. And it's a cancer in a sense, right? So we need more people to step up and be there for support. I had all that love around me, which was in a sense, an awakening for me. But there are a lot of people that don't. They have nowhere to turn. There are homeless people. They're you know, specifically out here in New Mexico. I've been reading up on the reservations more and more and the things that are a struggle on the reservations and a struggle for a lot of youth that don't have anywhere to turn. So it's people like myself and a lot of other people, it's our job to find a way to continue to use our voice and find a way to get our message out there. That's why I'm here. That's why the universe came a calling and, you know, recognized and said, we got your back, man. Like we're going to introduce you to mother nature. She's a real strong force. We talk about the narcissistic situation, the part of my life, you know, once I started hiking and I realized I had one tough woman that was going to challenge me, I realized, oh man, not only are you going to find a way out of this darkness, but you better be a lot better than women because <laughs> mother nature is going <laughs> to, she's always going to be one step ahead of you, man. And you plan on hiking the rest of your life. You better, you better <laughs> shape up, man. You better, you better be super grateful for what she's giving you, man. You better treat everyone, women, men, everyone across the board with empathy. And uh, man, I'm really grateful for hiking and nature and the universe to teach me more about empathy. It's always been in me, but it's certainly brought it more to the forefront in my life, thankfully. <laughs> yes. It's nice when those lessons let us know we're on the right track or keep pointing us in the right direction. So there's less struggle. There's more flow. Yeah, for sure. And I'd love to speak to, because I won't keep you here for eight hours, but we might go a little bit long. So I want to come back and let people know about this trip that you're planning over the summer, because in the course of this last year, as we said before we came online, people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts, teenagers, even pre-teenagers, this conversation is showing up in ages and populations that it's heartbreaking. But the reality is that they're following through, that this social isolation has played out, that social media influence has kind of laid a foundation. And so the mission of your trip this summer, the awareness, I'd love to just speak to that a little bit. And mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's based off of, you know, a personal experience that happened to me when I was recently home to be there for support from our brother, where I'm really close friends of mine that one specifically that I've known my whole life and his wife, unfortunately lost their son to suicide. And this, even though I've been in the shoes of looking in the mirror and having those thoughts, this is the first time that suicide really was like upfront in my life, something that was hit so close to home. And that rattled me, you know, obviously, especially because it's work now that's so important to be being an advocate in mental health and to see someone that I've known since she is baby, you know, put an extremely hard work into trying to find himself out of darkness, but just never could find truly a way to get both feet out of there into the light. This hit home. This was tough. And at the same time, as I met with my friends, you know, his parents, and we had a lot of deep conversations, I've just felt. I wanted to do something. I felt I had the ability to do something in the mental health field that can help. So that's what I'm doing is that I'm taking this hike and I'm taking his spirit with me and I'm 
looking to raise money to contribute to the program that he was part of. Because again, you know, being an advocate, there are so many organizations, including this one in the country, that can always use help, that can always use funding, money to grow and to put more work and understanding and study into what is going on in the mind. Of course, that's for everybody from youth to adults, but it starts with youth. We got to try to get it before it truly takes over when kids are struggling. And you talk about social media and kids these days are just, man, boy, there's so much in their face that's difficult to deal with. I mean, kids understand insecurities now like never before. They feel judged. You know, they always looking at others on social media thinking, why can't I be as pretty as her? Or why can't I be as athletic as him? Or why can't I have more follows or as many followers or as many likes? Or there's just this nonstop belief that social media is such a driving force in our life that like, it's actually important. And it's not. And look, I call it a conundrum all the time because I use social media. You know, I have a pretty good presence on Instagram and I'm across the board doing everything. But <laughs> I kind of use it. You know, for me, it's like if what I have been doing and I can continue to grow with Hike the Good Hike, and, and I certainly can take on a hike and fundraise and continue to talk and continue to spread my message. At least I'm putting something out to the world that is beneficial, right? I'm not talking about <laughs> how cool your sneakers are. And if you don't have them, you're a loser. Like there's just things that just blow my mind that you see across the board in social media that. You know, I want to do my part to be different, to be authentic, to be true to what I'm doing, what I'm believing. I don't know if you've been able to see, but so often when I talk about these things, I tear up. This means everything to me. This is my life, you know, and I want to be able to bring some people out and show that there's a lot of good you can do and a lot of things that don't really matter in life. Truly what matters is finding love for yourself, like truly loving yourself and not caring you know, anybody thinks of you because in the big picture, that doesn't matter as long as you love yourself. I know, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I'm a little bit of an oddball now compared to my younger days, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, people are like, you really live it in a van or you just doing that for social media? You know, I'm like, no, nah, man, this is really like what I do and what I love. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I've figured out that's what's important. You know what I mean? If like, I don't post videos often on Instagram. I'm thinking about trying to get better at doing things and maybe a YouTube channel, especially for the hike. But I posted a video recently and someone that I know from back home that I hadn't talked to for a while, someone that I knew in high school goes, said to me about the video, you truly can tell you're real. Like you can see it in your eyes and you can hear it in your voice. And I'm like, that's so important to me because I don't want anybody to ever think that this is just something I'm doing to gain follows and likes, which in turn might put some money in my pocket. That's not what it's about. You know, not just being a, a bit of a life coach now in that direction or a bit of inspir being a bit of inspiration for the world. In a sense, I'm trying to teach too. I might not be everybody's cup of tea, but if I get through to one or two people, I'm happy. <laughs> well, and I think that's a real dance. And it's a lesson we can learn, but we keep coming back to it. You know, getting to that place where you don't care what people think is a great place to be, but a really hard place to stay, <laughs> especially, you know, I'm exactly where you are building a business. And now, you know, that means doing it online. And I think that 
when you really tune in to your authenticity as you have, and you can come back to that, like, who am I? Who do I want people to be connecting with? This presence, the social media persona, or the person that's here to do the work that they can really relate to and connect with and have insights, you know, mm-hmm. open their mind to something that maybe they haven't given themselves permission to look at yet. Because society says, dude, living in a van, you're like, wherever I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I don't know if you've just seen the movie Nomadland. It just recently came out. I haven't out. seen it yet. So really good movie. Powerful. Well done. But they kind of missed the mark by like showing the romantic side of van life. And I'm okay with that because I feel like if they did do that, probably be about 10,000 people <laughs> right away quitting their job, <laughs> buying a van, and then it would be just overpopulated country with a bunch of van lifers, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's really depressing, sad. <laughs> Keep thinking that. You know, <laughs> you know, you just said like if. The reason it's easy, but also super important to me to stay true to myself and my vision and what I'm trying to do is because I spent so long acting, not in every aspect of my life, but in a lot of it. I was behind closed door, struggling, sad, and then with women, just poor behavior. But I also, when those doors were open, could show myself not that kind of person. I was very good at showing up, all was swell in life, you know? And it doesn't mean like, certainly like I've always been full of love and like people have always meant the world to me, but I just had that, you know, with the way you can look at it, the devil on one shoulder and the little angel on the other. And they were, you know, tugging at me all the time. So there was a lot of acting in my life for so long and uh, I'm not doing that anymore. That's part of the deal that I've made with life is that I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be true to myself and it's not always going to be great. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> like, you know, it's not, you know, I'm going to piss people off sometimes, or I'm going to even piss myself off. You know, it's going to happen. But as long as I stay the path and I stay true to what I believe in, and certainly speak my mind and be clear and just keep doing what I do that makes me happy, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. We're not put on the planet to be perfect. You know, we're just not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Anybody striving for that, good luck. <laughs> Yeah. And life is always going to throw you curveballs. You know, nobody guaranteed it was going to be easy, but if you're satisfied with the effort that you put in and yourself at the end of the day, that's, that's everything. Right. It's how you uh, kind of reflect it when you're in your deathbed. And hopefully you can say life was okay. You know, that's a beautiful thing. If you can get to that point. <laughs> So Jesse, tell everybody, and we'll have links in the show notes too, but let folks know where they can follow you, keep up to speed on your adventures, glean your hiking tips so they can find some nature. So it's pretty obvious being the guy behind Hike the Good Hike. I'm at hikethegoodhike.com. That's my website, which sometimes I'm great at keeping up to date with, and sometimes I fall behind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there should be some things truly coming soon on the website that are some changes to it and some announcements that I'm excited about. I also do a lot of writing, so you can find a lot of my blog pieces there. And then if you're a social media person, hike the good hike at everything, Twitter, (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) My biggest stage I would say is Instagram. I do a lot of photo taking as well. So that's a great place to kind of check in with me and see what's going on. I'm always updating that. I don't fall behind on Instagram. 
Though I have advisors say that I need to do more, but I want to stay authentic. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. When we see you out there with your photo shoot, you know, stock images floating in, we'll know they got a exactly. hold of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I actually was working like when I was a bartender after the AT. This was like a year and a half after I was making some drinks and there was a woman sitting at the bar kind of looking at me oddly. And I go, you okay? Do you need anything? And she goes, are you that hike the good hike guy? And I go, oh my God, yes. Like, how do you know that? She goes, I follow you on Instagram. And I go, wow. And then she goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> Paying <laughs> for my next hike. <laughs> yeah. I go, what do you think? I was just in the mountains at all times. <laughs> Hikes don't pay for themselves. <laughs> Fortunately, you found a way to make your gear pay for itself. Well done there. Yeah. Well done. I'll keep striving for free stuff. <laughs> and I want to let folks know too, it's worth stopping by your website to check out the gear. You've got some hats, patches, stuff. Yeah, we sell some stuff for now. They're just going towards Hike the Good Hike. But um, as we get closer to making more specific announcements about this fundraiser, I certainly will be taking a percentage of merchandise sales and putting it towards the fundraiser as well. That's the ultimate goal for me with this is to get to nonprofit status down the road, be a fundraiser. Everything that I do with Hike the Good Hike on it will always have somewhere where it's going to help out. So, Awesome. Aside from inspiring people to get outside. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you should get a hike the good hike hat if you do so. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, thank you so much. I'm sorry if we're not going to make it to an eight-hour marathon, but it's been a treat. I'm so glad you made some time and tuned in from your hostel. <laughs> thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you for if you're me. listening to us, be sure to loop back and find us on YouTube because the mural behind Jesse <laughs> is spectacular. So worth the sight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, seriously, thank you so much for having me. I'm always so excited to be able to tell this story. It's just another way, another opportunity to get the message out. So thanks. Appreciate it. I'm glad you're doing the work you're doing and playing outside. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Take good care. You too. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.